Bush here. We've got Brian and Jess there. Obviously, producer Ross, we're all individually looking at this through our TV screens on our computers because it's just how it is. Uh, producer Ross is actually recording this for us from a recording studio, which is he's bathed in this pink light with this kind of... There's like a pink window there as well. And we were just saying before this, he looks like... Um, you know you work at an arcade and you're uh, in charge of giving people change. But someone gives you a fiver for a, a pot of two pence pieces or something like that. So, And it's the same colour as your lip gloss there, Jess, completely. So there you go, it all ties mm, in. Matching. Ross, I think Ross, I think you look cool. The old men think you look like yeah, you. Yeah, just, just quickly so before you we start there, Ross, um, time crisis has swallowed a uh, £2 <laughs> coin of mine. So if I could just get that back, that'd be fantastic, mate, because I've only, yeah, didn't let me get past level one. So If um, if we're doing this recording and someone gets a bit aggers because they've got 200 quid's worth of tickets and all they've won off Ross is um, a old watch that doesn't work wrapped around a pack of sovereign cigarettes, it's nothing to do with us. It's Ross's operation that he's running there. Look, this is episode eight of Bush's Board Game Thing, a weekly podcast about the joy of sitting around a table with friends, uh, powering your phones down and, and chatting for a little bit. Each week we look at a different theme of gaming, uh, not so much focusing on the games themselves, but the, the thoughts and tangents and chats that they kind of spark. And that's what I love so much about this hobby. It gets your mind going. Um, and we're powered by the lovely people at Zatu Games. A lot of the stuff we're going to be talking about during this episode, you can find on their website. Uh, first off, though, let's get, get straight into this. Uh, Brian, you have a message to read to Jess that's come in on our Instagram page, at BoardGameThing. Yeah, this is from uh, Fenboy3, which is an excellent, excellent um, pun there. I, I suspect he's a, f- a fan of Funboy3, but he lives in maybe uh, Norfolk. So that's that's where I think that's coming from. Correct that's a great I'm, tribute band in Norfolk, isn't it, for that? Correct Brilliant. me if I'm wrong, Fenboy3. Um, this is about Jess's uh, Hinge talk. So just just uh, take us through, Jess, quickly, what, what what's happening on Hinge at the minute with you. Um, yeah, so I'm on Hinge. You know, sometimes I get matches. Sometimes I message people and they ghost me. I mean, you know, I got, I got maybe 30% just... of that I understand. Something about... so. But anyway, online dating, people are ghosting you. you you're finding it, you're struggling to match up with people. Is that what it is? You're finding find the, right, the right guy? You know what Pat Benatar said? Love is a battlefield. And that is what it's like out there. Back to Fenboy3. He says, just binge on episode, all episodes this week. I wouldn't recommend that, mate. Not all episodes at one go. It's not good for your health, mate. You poor thing. Uh, and I was interested to hear Jess talk about Hinge. I'm amazed it's still going. I vaguely remember going to an Edinburgh Fringe show three years ago called F-U-C-K Tinder, which is basically online dating without, without the online bit. And I'm pretty sure that was sponsored by Hinge. I downloaded it and only had about three matches mm. within 50 miles. That's, that's slim pickings, isn't it? Tr- Where does he live? In the middle of nowhere. I, well, again, I'm going to go back Norfolk, to the fact Fen, Fenboy 3, somewhere in Norfolk. Um, yeah, I downloaded it and I had three matches within 50 miles. I wasn't sure if my interests were too niche or if it just wasn't popular. Great to see it's picked up. P.S. I didn't get any matches from the Tinder show either. Keep up the good work. Three matches in 50 miles. Imagine travelling 49 miles to see somebody that's, that likes Inception, just like you do, or something like that. So we want to say a big thank you as well to everybody who sent in uh, photos of their dogs. Dogs of the board game thing uh, from our chat last week about producer Ross's two sausage dogs, Lottie and Ottie, Grotty and Notty. What are they two, the two dogs were called? Lottie and Ottie. Lottie and Ottie, aren't they, Ross? Otto and Dottie. <laughs> Otto and Dottie. Cute. Cute. Um, but it was amazing to see, <laughs> I don't know, so many people who have dogs that listen to this podcast. It's a real honour. Uh, Jess, you got some of those uh, messages that came through? 
We've got some dog shout outs. Oban. What a fantastic name for a dog, though, named after Oban, which is my favourite whiskey, which is a little part of Scotland. It's amazing. Uh, nice. And we've got Jack, um, who is very cute, but also quite likes to rip up boxes. Um, so I think they might be a bit scared to let him in the board games because he would definitely rip them up. But he looks very, very cute. And there's Zach and, um, Zach and Lily. Look at them asleep together, looking very cute. I love it when dogs have a little sleep in their little feet. Very, very cute. Um, Yeah, send your dogs in for some shouts. Yeah, absolutely. Keep keep those coming in. Brian, you've just got a dog recently. What kind of dog is he? Black Lab. Uh, he's got quite a um, unusual name, your dog Brian, isn't he? Obviously, o- Oban is uh, is quite an interesting name as a little part of Scotland. You've got quite a Celtic vibe going on with your dog's name. Yeah, called him Tig, and uh, I can't actually remember how to spell it. <laughs> I've written it down in, in various different places differently. So it's either T A D H G or T A D G H. But if you have a more unusual uh, dog name than uh, Brian's dog, which is called Tig, 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 Tag. Uh, let us know. You can, you can get in touch at Board Game Thing. This week, we are discussing, then, card games in Episode 8. Uh, kind of the basis of it all, the building blocks of all the other games that you end up playing over time, because I imagine hundreds of years ago, it just kind of started with cards. So one of the most famous... I mean, there are so many different card games to choose from, There's, and they're, they're, they've come on so much since even, say, five or ten years ago, but probably one of the most famous card games that people play at the moment when they meet up in board game cafes and go and do stuff is a game called Love Letter. Uh, love Letter is a game of risk, deduction, and luck for two to four players. Your goal is to get your love letter to Princess Annette's hands whilst deflecting the letters from competing suitors. And we played this yet again online uh, at Board Game Arena, uh, which is a cool little web browser-based way of playing. Uh, let's have a little listen to how we got on. Love Letter is played in a series of rounds. Each round represents one day. At the end of each round, one player's letter reaches Princess Annette. You remember we talked about that, and she reads it. Mm. When she reads enough letters from one suitor, she becomes enamoured and grants that suitor permission to court her. The player wins the princess's heart and then wins the game. Do you know who... I don't know who I am. Who... I've got no idea. <laughs> do, you mean, do, you mean, do you mean you don't know who you are in this game, or do you just mean in general, just in life, you just like? I feel like I feel like I, I don't. I'm starting to not know who I am. Maybe I'm having like a midlife crisis. Is she not a bit freaked out if she had like ten love letters from one guy? Yeah, I mean, I'd just be a bit like, give it a rest, boys. You got to play it cool, man. Okay, fair play. I think the princess definitely fancies me. <laughs> definitely fancies me. I think the princess likes a bit of a, you know, bit of someone who's a bit cool and a bit like, you know, I, bit of a bad I just boy. don't really need, yeah. I just don't really need, no, I'm not a bad boy. I'm just a bit cool and laid back. Like, I don't really need to send you these love letters. I just need to, like, write you a song and maybe just pay it to you. You're just what we call a, a beg it, Brian. Begging it. Beg it. A bit, embar- bit embarrassed. Yes, yeah, a beg it. Like, a bit embarrassing, really. Like, a bit of a tryhard, I think. <laughs> Show me your card. Here's my card. Oh. Ah. What are you? I, you know, it's nothing to do with you, mate. You stay out of it. This Only I get to see. Why am I being uh, ostracised? It it's a private guy. conversation between me and Jess. It's got absolutely nothing to do with you, Brian. It's just stay out of it, yeah? Sorry about it. <laughs> this, this is a very uncourtly behaviour. Do you know what, no, an interesting fact, guys? You know in Versailles, yeah. one of the finest palaces mm-hmm. of the, uh, of the well, I suppose, the 1600s, they didn't build yeah. toilets in there, so everyone used to just, like, shit and piss in the hallways. Ooh. And then the servants would just come and clean it up. Imagine that, you just chat to someone and go, excuse me, and then have a wee against the wall. That would be quite liberating, rich. I think. No. We had this rich. dream at university, right, when I was at university, me and my other two housemates, of just getting an old pair of jeans each and just one night staying in 
sitting on the couch and just wetting ourselves <laughs> and pooing ourselves. Whatever happened whilst watching TV, just everything what? just let it out. On but, but earth is what, wrong with you? What was the end game? Was this a sex thing? No, 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 no. It was just like just the, the feeling of pure lib- liberation. Yeah, but it's a feeling of pure liberation for about thirty seconds, and then you just wet. It's taking a turn. Jeez. I don't think the it's princess. Like I don't think the princess is going to like this when no. she's she's like, "What should we do?" And you're like, "Well, let's uh, let's just get some jeans, put them on." Yeah. She, first of all, she'll say, "What are jeans?" That's a good yeah. point. Jeans uh, again. Denim re- rears its ugly head in in a historical game. How did we get onto this while playing? I don't, I don't know. know. We're, we're trying to woo thing. a princess. Uh, I'm going to select target opponent, Jess. I'm going to guess who Jess, Jess is. I reckon Jess is a baron. Baron Jess. She's a baron. She's a baron. I'm I got out. her out. Oh, She's I mean, a Jess baron. I'm out. I'm yes. out. Okay. Yes. God's sake, Brian. So the last person standing is the person that gets to deliver the car to the princess. Is that what it is? Yeah. I think so. Oh, what's up in there? Oh, you won, Brian. Yeah. You won. Exactly. God knows how. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know how, but he won. Obviously. Then so what do I do so now? Out. So I get to have sex with the princess now? What? No, no, no. no. Caught in. You're caught in her, mate. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Do I get to take her to the cinema? Oh, cinemas are shut, aren't they? What, are you, what a date are you going on in, a, in this era if you were taking a princess so, out? Take us to a coffee house. We'd have a cup of coffee, obviously. Um, we'd probably have like, like, a, like, a, like a crow pie or something. And then I'd probably take her for a walk uh, around the woods or something. I don't think you're getting a second date from the princess, if I'm honest. Uh, so what were people's thoughts on um, Love Letter? Were you just trying to like chat up chat up Princess Annette by writing her, writing her nice notes and stuff? People enjoy the game? Yeah, I enjoyed the game. I thought it was quite fun. I think it was a bit snaky. You could like kind of snake people and like get them out of the room and stuff. The cards were very pretty. Overall, yeah. I quite liked it. Brian had a bit of a different approach to the game, as you've probably heard. Yeah, I mean, I, I fundamentally the 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 idea of of sneaking around and trying to do that thing, like, oh, my mate says she likes you. Do you like her? Sort of thing is, I don't, I don't like it. Mm. I just want to go out to them and go, excuse me, do you, do you like me? Because I quite like you. No, don't worry about it. It's fine. Okay, mm. cheers, thanks. So what, just straight up, just just <laughs> saying <laughs> it to them yeah, to their no, face. Okay, fine. Yeah, well, if I didn't like you anyway, she's fine. Uh, did you did you used to write love notes? Did you used to write love letters when you were a kid? I mean, never, I remember writing a few back in the day. Never leave any physical evidence. Never leave any physical Aww. evidence. <laughs> I used to write, like, I love my, my my crush's name, like, on my hand and on my workbook, on my did diary. Did you ever do the thing, right? Did you ever do yeah. the thing where you wrote both your names side by yeah. side and then you did the mathematics of how much you were in love by timesing your, the letters in your name with their name? Yeah, yeah, you could, like, put, like, there's this special technique you can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you'd be like, oh, my God, we're a really low number. It's not meant to be. But I mean, Jess, from a, from a female point of view, if someone wrote you a letter, a stranger wrote you a letter, maybe they, 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 you're on a train together or you've met in a restaurant or something like that, or that you've, he's watching you in a restaurant, not in a weird way, but in a kind of like uh, admiring you from afar. Uh, the game's called Love Letter. Would, would you be impressed if that letter dropped into your lap, do you think, or not? I, I, think, I think I would quite like it as long as it was, like, funny. Funny, funny like, letter. If there was a bit of humour in there, like... You know, I saw you from across the room and a few jokes, I'd be like, oh, that's good. But I'm not the kind of girl that likes, you're beautiful. Oh, my God. Amazing. I'm always just, I'm a bit, a bit cold hearted in that way. I just like, I think it would be okay if it's funny. What he should have done is wrote it and then done it on a paper airplane and I'd catch it. And I'd think that's great. Thrown it out or something. That'd be good. Yeah. yeah. So Love Letter, annoyingly, uh, I think Brian won it overall, didn't he? I think. Did he win it or something like that? Ironically, the man who would never write a letter to a female in his life. 
I'm like a savant when it comes to board games. It's just like I've got no, I don't really know the rules half the time. I just sort of blunder them away to the finish line every single time. But I tell you what, though, the original, the actual physical copy of uh, Love Letter, we're only playing an online version. Beautiful little card game. You can take on the train, that kind of thing. I can imagine that being quite a good game to play on the train. But you get this gorgeous kind of red velvet bag to add to that kind of um, uh, BBC One period drama, Sunday lunchtime type vibe mm. that the game uh, evokes, which is cool. Some other games that are out there are some brilliant card games around at the moment. And like I said, they're so handy for chucking in your bag if you're going on a family holiday or whatever. Uh, two games that I want to kind of put forward for uh, Marks of Brilliance by Tristan Hall. Uh, who's a great game designer, British game designer. Gloom of Kill Fourth, which is kind of Lord of the Ringsy, and 1066 Tears to Many Mothers, which is a uh, two-player card game uh, about the Battle of Hastings, which is really cool. And you learn about all the different characters involved, and that really, really good. Can you win the Battle of Hastings for the? Like, <laughs> can you change the course of events? Can you make it so Harold Godwinson wins yeah. it instead? Oh, yeah, really? it's got okay. all, all the characters of of uh, of the whole 1066 thing in there, of course. There's quite a good bit of history and stuff like that as well. Beautiful art. Uh, another amazing card game is one called The Grizzled, uh, which is a, co- a cooperative game. You're working together about survival in the trenches during the First World War, where the players win or lose together, and you've got to try and keep yourselves kind of... Uh, on on the good side of positivity, because it's obviously a really grim situation. The weird thing about that is, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this guy's name correctly, but the art is by a uh, French artist called Tignos, who sadly was killed during the Charlie Hebdo attack. You probably recognise his artwork, but it's an amazing looking game and well worth checking out. Uh, And finally, High Society uh, by Osprey Games, another English uh, games company. Uh, Beautiful art deco cards and players bid against each other. Uh, to win life's luxuries whilst trying to avoid going broke, uh, which is an awesome thing. I think half the games I play on cards, the, it's the artwork that does it for me. If they get a decent artist and they look beautiful, it always makes me yeah. more likely to play it again because they're just nice to look at sometimes. Speaking of beautiful artwork and high society, um, I've got to shout out my uncle James, yes. um, who is a huge board game fan. He's much better at it than me. He's much more knowledgeable than me. Um, him and um, my auntie Helen as well had their own personalised version of high society done. Really? Um, I'm just going to show you the photo. Can you see that? That's our wow. fam- like family and family friends. That's oh amazing. God. Yeah, because you remember we had the guy in maybe even the first or second episode who who made his own like metal version of the mousetrap game. Yeah. I love this thing of taking uh, taking games to the next level. So if you if you've kind of uh, uh, what would you call it pimped up pimped up a, a game board game or card game, uh, let us know uh, at board game thing. Uh, one other thing, because as it's getting colder at the moment, I just wanted to bring up in in this week's episode of uh, of the podcast is, um, and we'll put this on Instagram at board game thing uh, is Brian's uh, snowman that you made for your children during, over the don't past forty eight hours. Don't start. don't start. It's the worst day of my life. I've never seen anything like it. It was. It, it was. So it snowed. And when the kids got home from school, we took them out to the garden. It's a magical time. The kids are like, "Yay! Can we make a snowman?" I was like, "Yes." I started making the snowman. Five minutes later, you as as with everything with children, you turn around, they're gone. They just went inside, and I'm there making the snowman on my own. And I thought, well, do you know what? If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And uh, I've never been able to do it before, but the snow was just right. So te- you know how like most people just they just pile snow together, but really you make a snowman by getting a ball and then rolling it and rolling it. And when the snow's like yeah. powdery, you just keep rolling it, and it and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So I made I made I got. There's probably the size of uh, a bean bag, the bottom bit. Rolled it over dog shit. Yeah. Rolled it over dog shit. Oh. All over my clothes. All over my hands. Oh. 
Oh, all of my gloves. Oh. And so then the, that's the point. The kids decided to come out again and say, "Hey, Daddy, we're going to come." And they started. To, I was like, "Don't touch it! Don't touch it!" And so, yeah. Oh. And it looks. I mean, if you look at the photos, it looks basically like a haunted snowman that is going to come <laughs> in the house and kill you when you sleep. It's awful. Do you, awful. Do you know what clinches it for me? What, what what puts it into the kind of pantheon of just being absolutely haunting in your dreams, the snowman that you made, is that you put individual little spiky little pike's teeth bits of twig for his for his mouth Ooh. all the way across here like a skeleton. Yeah. I've never seen anything like he it. He looked a bit like um, the puppet from the Saw movies. Yeah, it did. It did. And probably the worst thing with it, as the weather has got a bit warmer since, I imagine he each day is slowly melted and sagged onto his side and is a horrifying view from the kitchen window. As, as, as it stands now, um, he's got no head and one of his arms has fallen off. One of the questions that we put up ahead of this episode was, uh, talking about card games, was what card games can you remember playing with your grandparents? Because it's a real rite of passage, isn't it? And I think we touched upon it in the first episode about sitting there when you were a kid learning to play stuff like Whist or Rummy and kind of old games that, I'll be honest with you, I don't really know how to play them anymore. It's like an art that's been lost slightly. So what do people say about the games that they played with their grandparents? Um, So Neil said he used to go around his grands every morning for primary school to play Rummy. Gin, gin rummy, some people call it. I think I, I, it's oh like God. the seven, is that seven cards or something like that? What you've got to have? Yeah, so you have to get three of one and four of the other. So it has to be all the same Sue or it has to be um, numbers kind of in like in poker. So it'll be like three, four, five and six all in the same suit. And nice. um, I used to play that all the time. And if anyone has seen the film Beaches, they play they play Rummy really, really, really fast like through the whole game. It's a really good game. Um, Joe said sevens which is Never a lot of fun of if you ever played that. Chase the Ace, which is also a lot of fun. Um, and they used to do it with a big jar of coppers so they could do some betting as well. Do you know, a couple of people have mentioned Solitaire. Now, I mean, I, I'm sure I remember my granddad showing me how to play Solitaire when I was a kid. Is that the one where you lay the cards on top of each other in like a line? Yeah, so you do you start with four cards I think and you have the pack and then you you have to like do them in ascending order so it would go like jack queen king and all in the same suit it's more like but, just sorting stuff out to, there just tidying up tidying yeah, up a deck you, of cards you kind of have to you can only you have four cards at the top where you lay them out so you have to kind of do it in the right order and yeah it's really fun very relaxing also I think like every computer in the noughties or in the 90s had it on there and people <laughs> yes. just used to sit and play it <laughs> the game, really the game it always used to be solitaire there was a terrible game about mind, mind sweeping I remember on there, and uh, the didn't the the automated helper used to be a, a uh, paperclip with a pair of uh, googly eyes. Yeah, and you could change him to other ones as well. But yeah, they got rid of him. That's quite sad actually. They got rid of him. Uh, Brian, any ones that have come in on the wires about games with grandparents? About I would say sixty percent of the responses we had mentioned a game called New Market. Does anyone know what New Market is? Yeah, never heard of it. I saw that. No idea. I'm not even going to look at and find out what it is because I want to be. I want had to have the mystery endure. I've never heard of Newmarket. It seems very common though. Joe says, uh, "Yep, yeah, sevens, knockout, wished, rummy, uh, Newmarket, pontoon, chase the ace." But she said, "My Yorkshire granddad used to get my Welsh, Welsh Methodist nan sloshed on Harvey's Bristol cream and get a gambling highlight of every Christmas." <laughs> good old, the old days of either gambling with two pence pieces or matchsticks. That was always always a good currency, wasn't it? couple of matchsticks. Mm. Uh, Stoner80, fantastic name on Instagram, says, my paternal step-granddad taught me beat your neighbour, uh, which I've forgotten. And nine-card brag. Beat your neighbour. doesn't sound like a particularly healthy uh, card game no. to be playing with your grandparents. You know what I mean? Sounds a bit, a bit menacing. Did you guys ever play Irish Snap? 
Oh, hang on. Here we go. What's what sort of sl- <laughs> ethnic slur are you going to uh, put on the Irish here? It's yes. always one every episode. Oh my episode god, no, that's just what it was called. Everyone's called. a little bit stupid. Is that what it is? There it is. Yeah. Bush's board game thing. Um, right, so let's have a look at the other game that we've been playing online uh, in the world of card games. Another hugely popular one. In fact, uh, my eldest daughter's favourite game. It's Sushi Go, the game about uh, having fun collecting different little sets of sushi cards. And it's quite cool because you have to imagine the sushi going around on uh, and a little conveyor belt and you're picking up the different dishes. And at the end, it's like a set collection game. Who's got the most sets gets the most points. Here's a little clip of what happened when we tried to play it. What's the aim of the game? What's the aim of the game? Uh, at the very end, when everyone, it's like a conveyor belt, everyone is pick, picking sushi and it moves on, picking sushi and it moves on. You're trying to match up sets. It's that thing, isn't it, that um, certain Japanese sushi chefs have to train for like 30 years to cook. Is it blowfish? And it's that fish that oh, if you cook it wrong, it kills the person. It's the, um, there's fish, an episode of the, Sim- episode of The Simpsons about it. When Homer just eats it. Would you do that? Yeah. Would you go to... If you went to a, rest, a sushi restaurant, right, and they were like, oh, we've got this amazing chef and he's the guy that... that or, or gal, you know, uh, that that um, makes the special puffer fish, blowfish, that if they get it wrong, you die. And you see them at the back and they look like they're having a bit of a rough day. Would you have it still? <laughs> no. How good can it be that it's worth dying for? I do have to wonder. The story, that story you'd be able to tell down the pub, though, you'd be dining out on that for well, years. Well, not if you're dead, though. Right, pick a card, done it. Here we go, bang. Done it. Sushi. Do I say at the end, that's a sushi? That's a sushi. Oh, someone's, Brian's racing me for the most puddings uh, award. Does sushi have pudding? Yeah. Is there a pudding? Apparently so. What I've never it? had yeah, a pudding. What is it? Do you, here's, here's the thing, right? I've never had, have you ever had a dessert in an Indian restaurant or never. a Chinese restaurant? Never once. Never, never. once. Never. I don't know why that is. They've really got to raise their game. I, th- I think that Britain is, is, I'm not one of those sort of flag-waving idiots, but the UK is, is head and shoulders above every other nation for desserts. Yeah. Well, actually, are we, though? The Germans have got Black Forest Gatto. We've got Sticky Toffee Pudding. Sticky Toffee Bread Pudding. Bread and Butter Pudding. Yeah. Gatto. Gatto. I'm sure Gatto can't be ours. Do you yeah. guys want to know what my strategy is? Oh, what is God, it? What? It's just choosing the things that look the yummiest each time. <laughs> is, that, is that a valid strategy? <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, but it's... Yeah, yeah, kind of. Jess, I believe you won our game of Sushi Go. Is that correct? I did win. And I think the reason why I won is because I was looking at the scoring of the cards and what the cards do, as opposed to Brian, who was just picking whatever one looked the yummiest. Brian spent most of the time talking about puffer fish, actually, when we yeah. were playing that. And he yeah. just going yeah. on about it pufferfish. It fascinates me that you could... Yeah, let's not get back into it again, because we already talked about it. But yeah, <laughs> I, I was also slightly confused because, like... It was pieces of sushi, but they also had like little human faces on them. So it put me off slightly. (laughs) I don't want to eat anything that's cute, do you know? Brian, what about now for your board game fact of the week? I think this is a good time. Brian's board game fact of the week. This week it's all about cards, obviously, and let's, yeah. let's talk about the, the classic card set, the just the normal pack of cards, you know, your average bog standard 52 um, card set. You The kind of the deck of cards that a, a magician might rip open the, the cellophane off when they're doing a yeah. trick on someone, that kind of Ex- thing. Exactly. Yeah. The, the type you take on holiday. Remember, we used to have holidays, right? Everyone used to go, should we take a deck of cards to this? And we go on holiday, let's take a deck of cards. doesn't seem to happen anymore, does it? Did you know what the... Um, the kings uh, represent because uh, they do represent something. 
No. Oh, I'd say kings. I'd, yeah, I'd just know. like kings, what? actual well, yeah, kings, obviously, just like obviously. in you know love letter from earlier on, just kings, people in the yeah. court. Yeah, so that's what it is. There, they represent kings. But so, so the the cards as we know them today sort of came around sort of the French sort of like sixteen seventeen hundreds periods. But the the ones we know today when they design made the designs for them, yeah. uh, the King of Hearts is supposed to be Charlemagne. The King well, of never. the King of Diamonds is supposed to be Julius Caesar. The King of Clubs oh. is supposed to be Alexander the Great. And the King of Spades is King David from the Holy Bible. So there you go. Well, so if we were to go and look at the, the pictures on these cards, you'd think, oh, a minute, that's Julius Caesar there with Julius a little bald yeah. patch <laughs> on the top Because they meant to represent, represent kings. Um, and another fact is, right, you know how, like, the Ace of Spades is supposed to be, like, bad, uh, bad luck? Mm. Okay. Did you ever hear that before? The no. Ace of Spades. If you get if you draw the Ace of Spades, oh, it's the bad card. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And where, have you ever watched um, Vietnam movies, Andy or or Jess? I'm sure you've watched some as well. Have you? No. I have. You I have watched, watched movies. movies. But you know, when you watch Vietnam <laughs> movies, there's always a soldier in the platoon who's got a helmet on with the Ace of Spades on it. Yeah, tucked into the actual ridge in the side of the helmet. Yeah. Yeah, or just drawn on the side oh. of the helmet. Uh-huh. Do you know why that is? No. Because um, the Viet Cong or Vietnamese people had a superstition where they were afraid of the Ace of Spades. It was a sign of bad luck for them. So that's why you. Wow. So that's why in 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 those films you always see them with the helmets with the Ace of Spades on on the sides or on the back of their flak jackets or whatever. Wouldn't it be interesting to cross reference that fact about the Ace of Spades and the people of Vietnam with uh, how well Motorhead's song by Lemmy Ace of Spades did, did in, in Vietnam? Yeah, in Vietnam, it would be interesting where it charted. Yeah, just find out where I actually then, charted. And then so much so to the point where um, the uh, American army would make, they made packs of uh, playing cards that only had Ace of Spades in them and they would just leave them around the battlefields or leave them lying around that, so that then if Viet Cong would pick them up, they'd see just the Ace of Spades. Um, it, was only, oh it, was only, it was only until after the war when they were conducting like um, sort of post-war research uh, when they asked like people from the Viet Cong or the the. Vietnamese government, like, did, did our, you know, stuff with the with the Ace of Spades stuff uh, help at all? Did it sort of demoralise your troops? And they're like, what? And they're like, you know, the stuff about the Ace of Spades. And they're like, when we don't we don't find that card superstitious. I don't know where you got that from. <laughs> what a waste of time. Uh, here are some other games, very quickly then, that you can get on the Zatu website if you like your card games. And again, if you're uh, on the move, you know, God willing, hopefully in the next month or two we'll be able to start visiting people and doing stuff. You can take these kind of things on the train or on the plane. Uh, on the Zatu website right now, some of the best ones are Gloom, Boss Monster, very good. They've made a brilliant game of uh, the Marvel Universe called Marvel Champions, which is a card game you can play on the same team, which is really cool. The Mind is also another game. We talked about beautiful cards. The art on that card is fantastic. Surely both of you guys have played Dobble. Oh my god, double! No. Yeah, we've played nothing but double when the kids were young. Oh. I love really that good. game. Really, really good. And it's, it, it's it's do you know what? it's a brilliant game, double. If you've got young children, because the thing about um, uh, playing with kids is your brain just turns off because kids are dumb. They're so dumb. They're <laughs> so thick because they're because they're kids. I'm not a clever person, but I'm I'm smarter than any five year old. But what something what double double isn't about intelligence. It's about um, seeing things and being able to match pairs, so it makes the kid immediately on your level. So it's actually a really interesting game to play with kids because it doesn't bore you, the adult. 
No, it's good. It's an excellent game. My, my daughter's like absolutely cutthroat at it as well. And just a couple of other quick ones. Arkham Horror, hugely recommended game about the world of H.P. Lovecraft, if you enjoyed his books, and uh, Codenames, which I think you've been playing in your house. Brian, you mentioned it the other week as well. Another yes, we've got um, Codenames Disney, uh, and we had to stop playing it because the kids have absolute tantrums at it because I like to beat them at it. But it is really, really good. I love that game. Now, it's normally at this part of the uh, podcast, right at the end, we normally control uh, or uh, um, enrich Jess's life through the role of a six-sided dice. But seeing as it's about card games, we thought we'd spice it up a little bit this week by not doing dice to um, tell you what to do, but using the world of the tarot cards, which I happen to have a deck of tarot Ooh. cards. Don't mess with it, mate. Don't mess with it. Do not mess with the occult. No. I've always been obsessed with tarot cards, and I'll tell you where I first got into them. This is back when I was a I kid. Know, I know, I know, I know where you... I'm, I'm going to guess... Go I, know, I think I know where you got into it. Go on. Is it from... Um, uh, Tales of the Unexpected. The first... <laughs> no, not Tales of the Unexpected. What were you going to say? I was going to say um, the first uh, Roger Moore James Bond, Live and Let Die. Because remember, old Jane Seymour played Domino. Oh, she was really? a tarot reader. Do you remember she gave him all the tarot cards? Oh, is that one? No, no. You know, for me, I used to be obsessed with this English um, mystery story, short story program called Tales of the Unexpected. And it had tarot cards on the front of it. And I was like, these pictures are absolutely beautiful. Uh, and my, my auntie used to do tarot card readings and stuff like that. So I was really fascinated by it. But obviously, um, the weird thing was that my mum, who used to be a nun, was actually a nun and then decided to leave the cloth and, and marry my dad Nigel is obviously hugely religious so there was always this weird she kind of thing about cloth. she actually was was training to be a nun my mum right. was and then did she ever touch the cloth or she just just left don't the don't go there with my mum Brian right don't you even go there sunshine the leave the point out. is the point is that uh, I was conflicted about tarot because I thought oh no is it a bit scary or whatever it's not tarot cards are, they can help you out mindfulness wise and calmness wise they're very good a lot of people do little readings for themselves which is just turn over three cards have a think about the problems and stuff they're trying to overcome oh. uh, and then you know make a decision based on what you can see it's supposed to be a mirror into your own mind yeah, maybe next week we could do reiki um it's not, it's, we're not turning it into this. There's going to be no crystals or anything oh, like that. Oh, no, I want to try Reiki. So, Jess, Stop it. what I thought we would do, I've got my deck yeah. of tarot cards here, and we'll, and we'll show. The, we'll, we'll take a photo of the, of the three cards that get picked and we'll um, put that on our um, Instagram afterwards. But is there a situation in your life that you could imagine you were going to get a tarot reading done that you might want help with? Yes, I do, actually. So I started doing some Christmas shopping yesterday. Um, as I mentioned in a previous podcast... Thank you. ...where um, I'm spent... I'm spending um, Christmas with some friends in London. No, I'm spending Christmas with some friends in London and we're adhering to all the coronavirus guidelines and only mixing three households. Um, And we've all decided that we're all going to get each other a little present. Nothing, you know, huge. You're not asking people to spend like 50 quid or whatever on each other, but just maybe a little token of, you know, here's something to open, you know, in the morning or after dinner, whenever, whatever. Um, And I found one thing I want to get for one of those friends and it's really cool it's so perfect for her but it's about 35 quid but I don't want to spend 35 quid on the Ooh, others yes. so I'm thinking is there any way I can I can get get away because obviously I don't want to I can't afford to spend 35 quid on everybody like I just can't but I really want to get my friend this present okay. is there any way that when we open them all or is there a way I can get around this and not have people behind my back be like oh well, she so the, got the, the general her, kind of question is present. friend relations over over the Christmas period what's the best thing to do so you ask a, gen, a dren, general question of the tarot deck and then it might be able to help you Jess okay cool let's do okay, it so uh, it's 52 cards so give me a number and I'll count that many down and we'll do three different cards 
Just say stop. Just say um, stop. Uh, Andy, 50, Andy, just 51. quickly before we start, do you think you could go away to the wardrobe over the back there and just maybe get a shawl and maybe like <laughs> yeah, a crystal, that would crystal be ball and call her lovey, yeah. call her lovey? Oh, no, get her to cross my palm with silver or something like that. Just, I'm, just say I'm, stop. I'm hearing, right. I'm hearing the name. Did you know Mabel? Was your maybe, grandmother called Ma- Mabel? Maybe I, maybe I need a spirit guide, a little bit like uh, Derek Accorad, Sam, the Native American yeah. that was coming. Do you remember Sam used to, was coming through for him and stuff like that as well? But let's do this. Um, let's say stop, Jess, and we'll pick you a card. Right. Stop. Okay, that's the first one. We won't say what it is just yet, and then we'll go and say stop on the next one. Stop. Next one. And the third one. Stop. Okay, Jess has picked three cards. Maybe I'll get on the premium rate phone lines with this if it works out. <laughs> you could. Uh, so the first card is the past. The middle card is the present. The third card is the future. So the first card. Can I have not looked at this. Can I just? Can I? Can I talk about the elephant in the room here? Can I talk about the elephant? What is the, the elephant in the room? Because this is what was always any time a tarot scene features on TV or film. It's the death card. The what if you draw the? What does death mean? If you, uh, no, the death card's not a bad thing. It's not bad. Exactly, it's pretty, Jess. It's pretty not bad, bad if you die. <laughs> No, it's not. It's about new beginnings and, uh, and old things going and new yes. things coming back in. I think that's in. what they but say. It, that's what they say to try and make it, it yeah. feel <laughs> I feel the death card's got quite a bum, bum rap in, in, in the world. It's been badly used uh, inappropriately by yeah. people in, in, well, in how fiction. Inappro- how, how has it been misused? It's called death. It's the death card. It, it doesn't help itself out. I'll be honest with you. It does not help itself out. Right, first card. This is the past. It's the hermit. Okay. Mm. Which means... Um, Roguery or corruption. <laughs> oh. Um, oh. So treason. It's saying that you should. Something's happened in the past. Bad. No, no, it's not saying that, Brian. I'm not. Don't. This is the thing. If someone's doing a tarot reading, it's just you and them. You don't have Brian sitting there like interjecting. Hang on, why, why, why? Oh, it's mm. not fair. You're like the devil on her shoulder. So this one means something. <laughs> the treason. Something sketchy's happened. That's the first. So bit. one of the guests that's that's coming. Yeah. Has done something oh. bad. Done something bad to you. Whether you know about it or not. Ooh. Okay, so the next card is the Eight of Pentacles. What? And the the what? Pentacles, that eight of pentacles is like um, like a made-up card. Eight of Pentacles. <laughs> so Pentacles, that that as a suit is all about um, money and stuff like that as well. Money, okay. the gift. It means employment. Oh my god! It means employment, commission, or craftsmanship. That's the present. So you, you obviously your involvement in this podcast mm. is. Uh, it's craftsmanship in many ways. This is a you know, it's a work of art that we put out every yeah. week, as I'm sure as the listeners will agree. That's the present. Yeah. Finally, this is interesting. The 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 uh, card which symbolizes the future or your the card that's going to guide you forwards is the magician. And the magician right. is skill, diplomacy, and self-confidence. So let's put those together. Oh. Roguery, something sketchy's happened, mm. present day. Artisan, craftsmanship, employment, the future, the magician, uh, which is skill and confidence. Oh, I know exactly what it is. I can see it as clear as day. It's, you know, the the first card means, you know, something bad has happened, you know, as in me maybe being a bit sketchy with the presence. And then the middle one is craftsmanship. Maybe I should just make make them them all a present by hand. Macaroni or something. Exactly, yeah, and then the third one, yeah. and then the third one means what was the third magician, one again? Magician, which is about um, uh, diplomacy. 
Yeah, and then so ev so whatever I make for them, I should just be really confident in and just go here you go. But it kind of doesn't really solve the problem of what am I going to do because I want to buy a friend a more expensive gift. But maybe I should scrap that and I just make hand make them all a gift. Hand make them a gift. The tarot has spoken. Can I just say that when I receive handmade gifts, I'm always disappointed. I'm sorry. It has to be said. I'm, I'm sorry. Mm, what do you mean? No. That rules well, out all honestly. of Etsy. The whole of Etsy is people making stuff that you can buy. You, yeah. you, if you no, were to no, receive that. No, I don't that. mind handmade stuff because that's made by someone that's got skills. I mean, when you make it yourself. So, Andy, yeah, if you gave to me, oh, I've made you um, some uh, homemade gin, I'd be like, Cheers, thanks. Oh. Really, I'm un really yeah. ungrateful. So, if Jess, you're saying Jess is doomed to fail if she makes something for her mates, and is that what that is? I think that I'm, I'm going to challenge your interpretation of the tarot cards. I think it means something else. I think the magician signifies she should buy all of the guests a rabbit because magicians pull rabbits out of the <laughs> So, get them Do all you know a rabbit. What? That is Imagine yeah, how, how well you'd go down if you got everyone a rabbit. To be fair, Christmas. if I got a rabbit, I'd be made up. I'd be uh, that would be brilliant. Exactly. Imagine that on Christmas Day. Like it. They can always eat it, you know. So, so oh, win-win. Okay, okay. So look, uh, that brings what a fantastic moment to bring this episode to a close. Uh, thank you for your dog photos. Thank you to everyone who got involved in the Q and A. I did a live Q and A on uh, Instagram the other week. People asking questions. I think we're all going to get involved in this in the next one as well. So uh, keep an eye out for that on at Board Game Thing. Uh, Jess and Brian, thank you very much. Thank the both of you. Thank you. Thank no, 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 Andy. Thank no, no, you. no. Thank you. Uh, Jess is completely frozen on this video screen as I can see her right now. She's looking at me very menacingly. Uh, and but her vape is probably in, in, interfering with her her laptop again because it's got a really powerful electric motor on it. <laughs> it's, it's fused her entire uh, laptop system. Uh, Producer Ross, there. Uh, good to have you on board, fella. Thank you for this as well. Uh, we'll see you in the next episode. This has been Bush's board game thing. <laughs>